What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Dynasty Mafia Podcast, episode 40. Can't believe we're making it so far this far. Uh, June 30th with you guys. By the time you're hearing this, possibly July 1st. Good day to you all. Happy July. What's going on, Eric and Keenan? Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? I see you took the lead on that one, Eric. Hey. What's going on? <laughs> Threw it right to you. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'm good. Today. I'm good, boys. Uh, missed you guys. I haven't seen you guys in, what, a month now? I mean, I even know. though even weeks. though COVID's kind of running down here, I haven't seen you guys in person in about, what, two years now? We got to get together and have a beer. We got You know what we got to do? We got to do a live show together. I know we've been talking about it, but. Oh, about wow. I think a live show is a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. We have been pretty busy. June was a busy month. It flew for me. Uh, flew for me as always. But uh, with that, too, sports. There's a lot of sports going on in June. Eric just had his birthday last week. Happy so birthday. So I know he loves the month of June. 47th, right? Um, dude, he's getting old. Yeah. Eight, Big, uh, eight, eight kids. Yeah. Looks good for forty. Two grandkids. <laughs> two grandkids. No, no he's black the beard. Two eight though. I'm getting close to thirty. I'm so I'm getting old. I'm I'm up there. Thirty's not old. Twenty eight, aren't you? Thirty's the new twenty one. Yeah. Wow, he is twenty eight. Damn, that means I'm getting old. You I'm be thirty. Picture? You see that picture I put in our group chat uh, not too long ago? When he when he had when he had like a Justin oh, Bieber Eric. kind of yeah. <laughs> I can't say too much for myself because I uh, <laughs> yeah you had I, had I had my own phase when I was a kid yeah when Eric yeah. and I Eric and I were growing up we had some real problems yeah I, you know I'm really afraid for my kids for when they uh, when they're in that you know the teenage phase of like ten to like seventeen because my wife and I look back at our pictures and we're just like wow that those were some rough times in our life and, and you know that those times are coming for your kids and all you can do is just uh, feel bad and kind of embrace it. Man, I was a good-looking guy at 16. At 30, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, you, you keep that was going. We were looking up some old pictures of you, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I know it. That's right. Yeah, 15 years later, here we are. Uh, no, but but seriously, we've got, uh, like we said, with the sports, the Euros are on. You have basketball going on with a lot of good stuff going on in the NBA. Uh, the NHL. Stanley Cup Finals are just started. They just got underway. So, I mean, every night's been kind of busy. There's something going on. Uh, so just we've been kind of cranking, I think, for the month of June just with everything going on with family, with life. I know I had a, a vacation in there and really excited to just get back to it. So hopefully we're going to be a bit more consistent now. I think uh, we've talked about setting a date for a long time, and we actually have uh, Dynasty Outhouse with us next week on july 6th so we're pretty excited for that and then possibly moving forward it should be every sunday on tuesday i'll have to check my schedule on that one don't don't you be playing (laughs) (laughs) uh but we have a great great episode today uh we're going to talk about some adp risers and fallers the june adp coming from dlf dynasty league format uh love love those guys over there uh we're going to talk about uh, the case for calvin ridley as the possible wide receiver one overall in dynasty maybe what that means for kyle pitts we have a lot of trades that have happened with the mafia market i've got a new mic eric is traveling out of town right now keenan's outside there's just so much going on guys i'm excited for the show let's do it let's get right into into it it. yeah all right well let's get into it there was uh i was sitting at work today my phone my phone was just blowing up 
with a bunch of sleeper alerts. I don't know if anybody else, if you got sleeper, download it. Or if you don't have sleeper, download it. If you have it, you were probably blowing up too. And it's just a lot of coach speak. This is a time we just had mini camps going on in June, and we have training camps starting uh, at the end of the month, uh, middle of the month for some other team or for some of the teams. So, with that being said, guys, in this couple of week lull, how did you take some of the news coming on that we're about to talk about? What did you guys think about uh, everything coming through? Are you excited well, to see alerts on your phone? I mean, I, I get alerts. I get alerts every day. I don't know about you. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a busy guy over there. Yeah. But uh but yeah, no, it's it's exciting. It's exciting that football's back and and you know, those alerts, you know, just means everyone's getting back in the swing of it, but these reports right now, you know, at the end of June, you can't take too much into it. I mean, you know, some things yeah, but everything's going to change within 2 months, you know, by the time it's the end of August. Yeah, like there's it'll be so much coming out, so many reports. Don't you know, I guess I guess I could say in, in, as for dynasty football terms you know don't trade away a player or, or something or don't give up the house for a certain player because of some you know coach speak report in june oh i love sending those uh, coach reports to someone when i'm trying to trade when i'm trying to make a trade definitely send out a uh, damian harris uh tweet out today when um when i was trying to make a trade and i was trying to send damian harris to someone to like to finalize the deal and uh, I definitely use those <laughs> in my advantages. Like, hey, look, this guy's gonna be the running back one. Let's let's complete this trade. Didn't didn't work though, Eric Vizzo. Well, you know, you're speaking of that of of Damian Harris, and and Eric said himself. Uh, well, he just you know mentioned that you know you're trying to put trades out there. Keenan was talking about putting trades out there. I mean, when you get negative news coming out, that's definitely the time maybe to be sending out some offers for players. Um, you know, maybe of someone you didn't like, you know, like AJ Brown today, or someone you do like, like AJ Brown had a. Uh, some of the news was that he's still recovering from off-season surgery uh, in both of his knees. So maybe you have an owner who's somewhat reserved and a little bit more conservative. They have AJ Brown. Maybe you have some picks in the first round this year. You know, maybe you can get a deal done with that because they're a little worried about him coming in, especially with Julio Jones. Because he is now a Tennessee Titan. I know it's been a couple weeks, but since we've had a little hiatus, we're definitely going to talk about that uh, in a few moments. So why don't you guys, uh, while I ask that quick question, does the A.J. Brown surgery bother you at all? No, it's July. It's June. What's today? No, it doesn't bother me. It. I think he'll be fine, and I, I'm still drafting him high up in, in all my startups. Yeah, I'm, I'm somebody with you know shares of him myself and – you know, I'm not. I'm not worried. It's obviously a little concerning when you're talking about knee surgery, just for any player in general. But I think he's young enough. He's talented enough. You know, at this point in his career, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I mean, Fair. I mean, Antonio, don't come knocking on my door for AJ Brown if I have him because I'm not giving him for cheap. Hey, I respect. I respect the elite players. All right, I'm not trying to be rude about it, but maybe you'll get a little bit less of a. Maybe like a third round pick offer instead of second round pick offer from this. I get out. Oh, you hit the road. <laughs> Eric was excited. I'm sure overseeing some Jack, uh, some Jack. Wow, some Zach Wilson news uh, coming out of New York. So according to Connor Hughes of the Athletic, uh, he looked so comfortable in the New Jets offensive coordinator Mike Lafleur's offense. Eric, you already love Zach Wilson. Why don't you talk to us about a little bit of the coach speak coming today? Is this kind of what you expected to see from Zach Wilson? 
Absolutely. That's why they drafted him because, you know, they felt he was the best guy for this offense. Um, you know, it's a, you know, just looking at what the 49ers have done, it's a very, you know, QB friendly offense to begin with. And, you know, just, you know, what he has to transition to into the NFL, it's just, it's, it's an easy transition and, and it's clearly showing early on. You know, it's nice to see a little bit different news than Elijah Moore coming out. I mean, I know it's, it's still a rookie with Zach Wilson, but all we've been hearing lately is how great Elijah Moore has been. But they certainly are surrounding him with a lot of pieces. Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, Michael Carter coming drafted in. Uh, you have Chris Herndon, who was one of their tight ends, but also Tyler Croft, the former Buffalo Bill. They talked about him potentially being one of the starters at tight end. Uh, obviously, they brought Jamison Crowder back and still have Denzel Mims. So it's an all-in season for the Jets, to, especially with new head coach Robert Sala. So I'm excited to hear positive things, but you're not I'm looking not. to see anything negative over a number I two am. pick. I am. Oh, yeah? You trying to make some <laughs> offers? No. Just as a Bills fan. I want to see all the negatives. Oh, there you go. But, but no. That's but fair. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think he'll, he'll be fine. Uh, eventually, I don't think this is he's going to have a great year this year, but I think in a few years it's going to be a hopefully a top 10 quarterback. Speaking of the Bills and speaking of a great year, uh, athletics Joe Buscaglia said that Zach Moss, second year running back, is looking to take over the backfield in 2021 if he continues to improve. Uh, again, pretty, pretty self explanatory if he continues to improve. He's going to get more playing time. I mean, that's what you're hoping for anyways with someone like Zach Moss because Devin Singletary in his year two last year, you really didn't see him take the leap. He is there for the passing game, but they did bring in Matt Burita, and that kind of concerns me. Maybe you guys are different, but that concerns me more for Devin Singletary than it does for Zach Moss. Yeah, he might be out of a job very soon. You know you know how the bills are. Um, you don't produce. You're either not playing or – or you move, or they move you. Remember Zay Jones, their second second round pick. They after two years, they gave up on him and traded him for like I think a sixth. So I wouldn't be shocked if Singletary is moved this off before the season starts. Um, I still can't get over that pass in that Kansas City game when he was wide open. You hate him. I I cannot get over that damn play. Uh, but um, but yeah, I they invested a second round pick on on. Sec- Zach Moss, right? The Bills? Yeah, uh, that's uh, third round pick, I believe. Third round pick, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, I think that's their guy. I, I know it's, they they also drafted the Singletary to coach the coach and the GM, but I think Zach Moss was will fit their offense um, better than Singletary. Yeah, and Josh Allen really is that offense we already know. So he already steals the touches in the goal line, and yeah. Devin Singletary. I don't think I think he had no touchdowns at all on like any attempt inside the ten yard line as a bill in his career. So he doesn't any pieces. He doesn't scare anyone, um, especially at the goal line. I mean, there's a couple times last year they would give up to him at the goal line and he'd get stuffed. I, I think. See, that's the thing though is for a Bills running back, I'm not like I'm not basing it off of the goal line because goal line is Josh Allen. Well, no, I'm, I'm, no, no, you're right. I'm just saying what but, happened when, when they handed it off to handed him the ball at the goal line. He got he got stopped, and yeah. I mean, it, let's say he scores a touchdown on on his opportunities. It's, I think we're we're having a different conversation right now, um, where we're not. He just hasn't produced. He hasn't produced in the goal line. He hasn't produced in the in in uh, in the in uh, receiving game. 
he hasn't produced at all. And, yeah, I, and sure. I, I wouldn't be shocked where Matt Burrito was one of the fastest players in, in the NFL, jumps him, jumps him in a depth chart, and Singletary is shipped out for a pick. And, and you I'm, know, Eric. Now, now I need to move Singletary off my uh, roster. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys want no, him? Second round, so, second round well, pick? It's, it's, it's not that, Eric, that – you know, you can't look at it as a negative. I think you have to because when you have a running back, and we'll move on after this, but when you have a running back that's splitting carries, you want them to be either extremely efficient or they have a lot of touchdowns on those limited amount of touches, and he's not being efficient and he's not scoring touchdowns. So that's where I think he's going to get weeded out of the offense a little bit, and that's where I think Zach that, Moss is. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I just I just think the Bills in general only need, need to – I mean, they're just, not just, they need to fix the run game, get a bit more creative, and <clears throat> just be better in general. Um, but by fixing the run game, what do you need? Sixty yards a game, really, from your running back? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, Bills, this is true. I mean, the Bills aren't going to change their offense where they're going to go all sudden throw the ball twenty times and run the ball twenty times. Well, then they're at gonna, the same time, that means they're going to split carries at running back. Well, yeah, that might be Burrito and, and, yeah. and Moss. That's, it's going to be messy. Um, I think for dynasty purposes, Zach Moss, it's definitely the highest asset to own. Probably not worth more than a second at the moment, uh, especially third, with the options you have third, coming I in. Until, until Singletary I, is I moved. take a low-end second. I'd give a second, yeah. But. yeah I, until Singletary I, is moved or something happens injury-wise, I don't I'm, – I'm staying away from this backfield. This is like a New England Patriots backfield to me for all those years that we always try to stay away from their backfield in fantasy. All right, move on. I got you. Yeah, well, I wanted to stick with the Bills for one second because you mentioned they're a team that if they don't get production out of a position that they're going to move on, well, Dawson Knox going into his third year. I know you guys know I'm hammering the table for him. I know a lot of our friends hammer the table for him here in Buffalo, but it sounds like Jacob Hollister uh, might supplant him if he can't do anything about that. I know it's not much news, but for Dynasty, Dawson Knox was a player in his rookie season, uh, was able to get over you know 300 50 yards, I believe, on limited action. So he was very promising. He's a big body player. Keep an eye out for him. He's got he the can't. talent. He's got the talent for sure. And a lot of drops. I, that's why, like when I was when I was drop when I was doing our drops for Dynasty in our league today, I looked at Dawson Knox. I'm like, I just can't do it. Can't do it yet until Zach Ertz is traded there, or until they announce that you know so and so is a tight end one. I can't trade. I can't drop him. Yeah, and you know, as we're still talking about the wide receiver corner, I know we were talking about the Bills a little bit, but that's where it looks amount a good, good amount of the news was coming out. Joe Buscaglio was talking a bit, but it sounds like Emmanuel Sanders, he believes, is going to be the wide receiver two in Buffalo over Gabe Davis, the highly hyped Gabe Davis after a good rookie season. Uh, so, what do you guys think about that, real quick? Here, your thoughts on what Emmanuel Sanders could do as far as an impact, maybe just for 2021, if there's an impact a year beyond that. I believe it was just a one-year deal. That's Eric's but, um, Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, yeah. You send the veteran minimum one-year deal. So, Eric, what do you think about Emmanuel Sanders as wide receiver two, and what will it do to Gabe Davis? Um, I mean, like you guys said, the Bills aren't going to change their offense; they're going to be pass-heavy. Um, I think it's only going to help Gabe Davis. You know, I mean, as we saw with even when John Brown came game back, you know, Gabe Davis was still putting up good numbers and he was contributing to the offense that when John Brown came back, I believe is when he had that amazing, you know, the whole toe touch shot up to the outside, um, you know, that, that great catch there. Um, so I, I think he's still going to continue to grow with Josh Allen and with the offense. And like I said, Emmanuel Sanders is only going to help him, you know, throughout his career. 
So as Dynasty, it, for this year, it does concern me a little bit. But for Dynasty-wise and for the yeah. long term, I think it really does help him. I mean, he still had a great yeah. year last year as the wide receiver three or four, whatever he came into camp. Uh, he's, I, If I have him in Dynasty, I'm not just giving him away for free. This is the news you're probably looking for, Keenan, or the news I was talking about. Yeah, I'm buying, negative I'm buying news up the buy him. Yeah, I mean, again, so you're talking about late second-round picks. Uh, I'd rather have Gabe Davis uh, over – oh, man, let me just pull this up real quick. Let's see. So the late second, you're probably talking about Kadarius Tony's Amon Ross St. Brown, early third Amari Rogers. I mean, you're, you might not be getting Gabe Davis for those, but, I mean, he's in a high-powered offense, and he could be seeing 70, 80-plus targets, even if he is – that third option. So, all right, we'll move on guys from that news. Uh, let's see. Frank Reich talked a little bit about JT, Jonathan Taylor saying that uh, the run game is going to go right through Jonathan Taylor. So some of the news we expected to hear, um, I think it gives a little sigh of relief to those JT owners because you're a little worried about Naeem Hines, a little worried about Marlon Mack coming back. Uh, but he was, he was amazing, you know, down the stretch, especially in the playoff games. Uh, he averaged over 22 uh, over 22 touches a game in the last six. So I'm pretty excited for what Jonathan Taylor can bring to the table. And as long as you're, you know, hearing that now he could be that, the, the, have that workload, uh, even if you already expected it, he's going as the number two running back right now, overall in startups, uh, right behind Christian McCaffrey. How do you feel about that? Eric? So he was going number two overall, you said? He's the number two overall running back. He is, yeah, number two and or three overall. Yeah, um, I'm absolutely right on par. Uh, you know, when I put out my, what was it, my top 12 um, dynasty running back rankings back in, oh, it was a couple months ago, I had JT as my number two right behind Christian McCaffrey. And even now, I mean, I may even consider putting him above. Um, I mean, maybe not this off offseason, but I can definitely see JT. Uh, bumping ahead of CMC next offseason. Um, so now is a good time to buy in, at, you know, in terms of value. Um, you know, whatever, you know, you see these trades that uh, you know, people are making, they're selling off CMC right now. I think you'll be get, you know, be able to get even more um, than that next offseason for JT. My thing, my thing is with CMC, I think you have to move them this year if you're going to move them. Because if one bad year, one bad year, you're – Another bad year. He had an injury year last year, and uh, yeah, he has a bad year this year. You, you're but, kind of screwed. But back to JT, I think I, I mean, I don't know what what their head coach I, is talk, talking about. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's their running back one. I mean, who else is there? And when it comes to dynasty, the only thing the only thing that kind of scares me with him is, are we going to see this offense go from more run heavy slash Philip Rivers offense to a a little more pass heavy with Carson Wentz running the show there. I think they'll become a more downfield attack Correct. than they were. That's you're definitely not wrong there, which could affect Jonathan Taylor's catches. But I think that might mean that they'll just keep his uh, rush attempts a little more sustained. And it's not that we were worried about players like Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack. It's that the coaching staff was talking about Naeem is Hines it, and Marlon Mack. Is Mack still there? He's, he was, yeah, he tore his ACL, I think, last year. Or I thought yeah, they, they, where he was out all year, but they said they, good things about him like a month back. ago. Yeah, but 
I mean, but for for JT, I think I think them, you know, becoming more downfield, and you know, they still have one of the best offensive lines in the league. I think that's actually going to help JT, um, just overall, and and you know, he could see a lot of touchdowns in this offense. Um, like we're talking potentially 14, 15, 16 plus touchdowns in this offense. Um, if, if Carson Wentz comes back healthy and is, and is great, um, like he really could be, you know, back with Frank Reich behind this offensive line. Um, he still has T.Y. Hilton there um, and a couple other weapons, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, so, yeah, it, it could be a, a very good offense. Um, even, even if it once struggles, though, it's going to help JT. So I think I think JT's in a win-win situation. Yeah, and especially this year and in, in Wentz's first year with the team and everything, um, you know, Ty is Ty is another year older. Um, I, yeah, I could see them leaning on the run game um, a bit more for sure. That's fair. That's fair, and I think that's going to wrap up. Uh, I mean, Mike Williams was talking about uh, whatever expecting I, to play the X. I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. that's. Every I year know we don't want to care about Mike Every Williams. Year I know, but it's it is that time that you could try and buy Mike Williams on the low. I've been trying to sell or, him in one league, dude. Sell him like, <laughs> I've been trying to sell him for like four years. It's so bad. Yeah. I cannot get rid of him in my league, and I, I I'll literally take like a third, and nobody will want to give him to me. But sure, I'll give you. A you know, one. it's super interesting. I, I think the crazy thing though is everybody's talking about how great Justin Herbert's going to be. I understand there's some regression they're expecting, but he had a great rookie year. And then you have Keenan Allen, who's touted as a top 10 wide receiver. And then they lose their tight end in Hunter Henry. And then Austin Eckler is still going to be there, but they're not run heavy anymore. So where's the negative things for Mike Williams? That's all I'm wondering. I'm just trying to play a devil's advocate there. Like, where's the negativity of what Mike Williams could be coming from? Why can't he be? Mike Williams is a negativity. He, he kills himself every every year. It's some injury or or some or he just can't you know get the targets because Keenan Allen's getting all getting fifteen th- targets a game. Uh, but um, but you make a good point with Henry gone now. I mean, someone's got to get those catches or so, opportunities. And I'm trying to think I of mean, who their Twitter tight end is now. Do they even? Have it's Donald Parnum. Who? Donald Parnum. I mm-hmm. believe they also have. Excuse oh, me if I'm wrong. Um. That's the first time yeah, I've heard of Jared, uh, Jared Cook. I think they oh, have Jared yeah, I was going to say, they, they have Jared yeah. Cook now. Um, yeah, so that's, they're, they're, they're going to have targets there for the tight end. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. I think he's going to fill in pretty good. So Mike Williams over the last three years has only missed two games, and he's only he's gotten 85, 89, and then 66 targets. But last season he had 756 yards and five touchdowns. So if he can see 100 targets and improve his catch rate a little bit more, you're talking about a potential thousand yard eight touchdown player, and that's someone who might be a value. Oh yeah, Keenan, get a little dark there with your outside. Must got the must spotlight on. Got the spotlight oh, on. Nice. You're blinding. You're blinding. You're blinding. Yeah, but Mike Evans or Mike Williams, he like you said with the injuries. You said you he, throw only missed, he only missed two games. What? In the last two years, he yeah. played 15 games last but year. But that, so that's, that's even. That's even worse in my opinion because you know he just he disappears for games and it's like he he gets you all excited about having a big two three touchdown game and then he just he's gone for six games and it's he's just, a, he, he's almost like a big big poor man's uh, DK Metcalf. 
Yeah, it's just like how <laughs> how long you want to ride the roller coaster. I, I don't know. I mean, I, if he comes out strong in the beginning of the season, I, I might sell him off. You know, I, I don't know. I got I got to see how I'm feeling. You know, obviously with Herbert there, if Herbert's looking great, obviously still, um, maybe so, not, but. Do you think a third? Would you throw a third for Mike Williams, or would you rather take a third? Oh, hundred percent. I would. Yeah, you know, I would give a late second in this class for my even. I would give a. Ooh, slow down where you're going. I don't know. I mean, we were talking about Gabe Davis. I didn't get to throw it out there. I would give a. I would give a high second for Gabe Davis right now, um, and even a mid to high second for Zach Moss uh, as well. Since we're on that, but yeah, for for him, yeah, I I would I would go up there. I mean it. You're talking this kind of potential. Why? Why would you not? We were already talking before after the first. You know, That's a good a, call in a, in a super flex league. After the first 12, 12 picks, it kind of fades out. Twelve, thirteen yeah. picks, it, it kind of fades out. So, yeah, right for now what, um, for what he could be, you know, mid a mid second, it might be worth it. That's pretty fair. Right, right above Mike Williams. Mike Williams, wide receiver, fifty-seven. Gabe Davis. Good call. And then Henry Ruggs, Denzel Mims, Darnell Mooney. So you're kind of in that range. He's in that range of, you know, Kadarius Tony right behind him. He's in that range of a bunch of what ifs and could be's. And, you know, we're kind of hoping the same thing for Mike Williams. He's just a little older. All right, guys. Speaking of older, Julio Jones, still in his prime, right? 31 right years uh, young. Gets traded over to Tennessee. I know you guys know about this. It's been a few weeks. Everybody understands that, but we wanted to give some of our two cents. And then I'm going to tell everybody why Kelvin Ridley is going to be, should be your dynasty wide receiver one. Uh, so Julio uh, got traded to Tennessee. Uh, like I said, Atlanta received a 22 second and a 23 fourth. Julio went to Tennessee as well as a 23 sixth. So it wasn't too much, but they got the second. I think some people were kind of surprised that they were able to at least get the second out, which is nice. But he was still on pace last season, guys, for almost 1,600 yards if he hadn't played just nine games. What, what are you thinking of this? What's, what was running through your head when you saw this trade happen? Who won it, Atlanta or Tennessee? I'd say I'm Tennessee. I'm sorry. Not who won it. I didn't mean to ask it that way. I meant uh, what, what, like, is Julio in a better situation, a worse situation? What players are, oh, what players are winners and losers? Julio's a, Julio's a winner. Julio is 100% in a better situation. Um, obviously, what? we've seen what the Falcons – in terms of winning in the NFL, I think, in my opinion, Julio is in a better situation. Uh, yeah, the Falcons are potentially about to be one year away from a complete rebuild. Um, and on top of that, the, the Titans, they already made the – what, it was the AFC Championship two years ago? I believe, um, you know, and they, they're a piece or two away and he was at peace. I think this is better for AJ Brown. I think it's better for Derrick Henry. It's obviously better for Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think worst case scenario, the Titans are at least as good as they were last year, which means he will at least produce uh, to what Corey Davis did. And for the value he's going at right now, I, I think that that meant that's pretty good. Um so yeah, I think it's a it's a win win for Julio. You know who you know who it's a loss for, right? Yeah, who's your biggest loser in that? Derrick Henry. Really? It's easy. It's easy. I mean, one oh, yeah, he lost one that, one yeah. he one loss he lost Smith, who was a great t- um, blocking tight end. Two, he got Julio Jones on the outside. Now now they're gonna have to throw the ball more. 
Do they though? They have to. Why? Why, why do if you, you have if you have Julio and AJ Brown? Why would why would you run the ball more than throw the ball more in a league that so, in a league that in a league that wins passing? And you have a quarterback that's had better stats than Patrick Mahomes. You've I, had I, a quarterback that's had better efficiency, and in some areas he's had some better stats. Yeah, but at the same yeah. point, like if you look at if you look at their twenty twenty Keenan, uh, you know Corey Davis, for example. Sorry, as I'm just re pulling this up here, AJ Brown can continue to get the targets that he's getting. You know what I'm saying? Like that doesn't need to change. It's just he might not be the number one targeted on the team anymore. And he can still get – oh, sorry. And he can still get his 100 and – well, he had 106 last year. So let's say they can up their passes, hopefully hopefully by at least 50 attempts, you know, you'd think. But Derrick Henry's going to get all the rushes still, so he could still get 350 rushes instead of 400. But, you know, Corey Davis had 92 targets. Johnu Smith had 65. Anthony Ferkser had 53. So between those three, you're looking at – 220 targets. Why can't Julio get 140 of those? John, and then then you have Ferkshire can get maybe 60, and then another tight end. Think think about it this way as well. Julio instead of Corey Davis on the outside, in my opinion, opens the offense up more. It's going to draw more attention to the outside. And with that, something that we thought would be even scarier and would never happen, but a more efficient Derrick Henry than we saw before. And in my opinion. Even think, if he goes down to three, if he loses, you know, carries, if he's still more efficient, I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, he had uh, 400 uh, or 378 regular season attempts, and he averaged 5.4 yards per attempt. So if he goes down at least to five yards per attempt, and is still able to, and he's still able to get 350 carries, I mean that's 700, 1750 yards. I, I mean the guy's still going to be great. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be less stacked boxes, so that would be more efficient, like Eric said. Um, but I really think that Julio is going to be the number one target here, and A.J. Brown will be second, but they're not going to be too far off from each other. It's just going to be super heavily concentrated. Uh, think about like the Minnesota Vikings offense with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, and you know Kirk's not throwing the ball more than 500 times a year either, but I think that's how that offense might look. Now, Atlanta, uh, guys. Back, hold on, hold on. Back oh, to Tannehill and Mahomes. Didn't know if you wanted to move on. Sorry. I was, I was looking for the chart. Quarterback rating for Tannehill, 114, Mahomes 105. This is in the last in the last two last 24 starts. Uh, passing yards, uh, Mahomes has him beat by 800. Total touchdowns, 61, 56, Tannehill. They both have 10 interceptions. Completion ra- rating is 67.7 to 66.4. Tannehill has beat. Just so you know, Tannehill is very, very underrated, and he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Adam Gates kind of, you know, screwed Tannehill in Miami, and ever since he's taken over that starting role in Tennessee, he's been nothing but but a really, really good quarterback and probably a top five quarterback. Maybe not fantasy wise, but he has been very efficient when it comes to comes to running that offense. And I think there's a reason why they went out and got Julio Jones. They didn't just get go out to get Julio Jones just, 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 be, just to help you know to get their wide receiver one. They, they thought they were one piece away. And how do you win in this offense? You win by passing. Not only that, uh, Smith, the tight end that signed with New England, was one of the better pass blocking 
tight ends last year in the league. That's going to hurt Derrick Henry as well. Yeah, but Derrick Henry doesn't and need more blocking. That, not only that. He, I mean, he doesn't need more blocking, but their offense did use Smith to, to help block. Not only that, when it comes to red zones, now you have two two wide receivers on the outside, two big wide receivers on the outside, physical wide receivers on the outside. You're going to throw more in the red zone than, than, than just turn around and pass and hand it off to Derrick Henry. That's true, but he didn't get a lot of his and, – and, again, I know we're – it's tough. He had over 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns. So to sit here and say he's going to get you 1,700 total yards and 15 touchdowns, I mean, it's a big possibility even with this addition. So um, I, I think that, you know, you can argue that maybe his ADP right now – sorry, as I'm just double-checking, he is going RB9 right now. Oh, yeah, so he's 15th overall. I mean, he's right behind DeAndre Swift, right ahead of Antonio Gibson. Not a conversation for today, but it could be for the future, but I don't know. Um, I'm a little torn. I actually I acquired Derrick Henry uh, in a trade, so I finally have an asset of him. We're going to talk You'll about be, that a little I mean, later. He'll be fine, he'll be fine. I don't, still, but I don't think – I think it's hurt him a little bit. I won't yeah. be shocked. I, I won't be shocked if we see um, his rushing numbers decline and his touchdowns decline. And I'll put a six-pack on that. <laughs> uh, we'll have to talk about it. Let me just uh, – let me have a little bit of a appreciation moment for Julio Jones if we could. I, I think he didn't get a lot of the appreciation he needed when he was in Atlanta. And since entering the league in 2011, Julio Jones, my man, he has the most receiving yards, almost 1,300 more than the next closest player, mind you, which is Antonio Brown. He's second in targets, second in catches, and he has the, the highest yards per game ever of a wide receiver. The man's freaking insane. He's awesome. I don't care about his age because he's one of those elites that's going to be able to do it until he's probably 34. So you're talking at least another three or four years of him doing really good things, and hopefully uh, as long as Tannehill can keep that up too. But the other thing too is the problem is he's 10th on that list I just mentioned in receiving touchdowns with only 60. Of the top 10 list on there, there's only five people that entered in 2011 or later, or in 2011. The other players were in 2014 or later, and two of the players are retired. So, I mean, that just shows you how little touchdowns he's been getting. And yeah. one more thing I want to talk about. Yes, sir. Uh, it, it, it is odd how, that he hasn't had touchdown receptions in his career. I I, we, I think we, you and I, always talked about it. How he's going to become more of a red, red zone threat in Atlanta, and he just, it just never happened. And, and, and it's, it, it was odd. Like he was just always, they used him as a decoy so often. And a lot of mm -hmm. coaches that they had, you know, this is the first coach Matt Ryan's got that's an offensive minded coach. Think about that. He's thirty seven years old. Who is he, Matt Ryan? He's never, he's, oh. he's never had a head coach that's been offensive minded. They've always been defensive minded. So with that being said, that they're always just trying to score because they want to figure out how to stop the other way. That's why they're being conservative and not really helping Julio out. But the most touchdowns Julio ever had was 10, and that was in his second season. So he had a fifth or a sixth of his touchdowns in one year. And only one time he had double digits. It's crazy. But that, that being said, uh, the amount of 100-yard games, though, if you had to guess, he's played 135 career NFL games. How many of those games did he have 100 yards in him? Almost all of them. I want to say that's very respectful. Um, but 135, I'd say 98. 
All right. You want? I'll say one dollar, Pat. <laughs> All right. I like that answer better. The answer is fifty-eight. Yeah. He's had fifty-eight hundred-yard games out of really? his hundred thirty-five. Yeah. I, that's that's shocking to me. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I guessed way too high. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. It's respect. He's fourth all time in hundred yard games, and he averages them uh, a bit more. I think I was doing the numbers actually, because now that I'm looking at it even more, I don't think my number was accurate in that. But second is AJ Br- is uh, Antonio Brown with forty three. This is since twenty eleven, so that shows you. So I probably should have prefaced that. So since twenty eleven, you know who's got the most? He does, and it's by fifteen. It's kind of crazy. Um, how often he gets that, but let me just make sure this number that I had is correct. Yeah, that is correct. So here's your here's your percentage of games of these wide receivers that are in the top four when they get their hundred yard games. Jerry Rice did it twenty five percent of his games. Julio, as we said, was forty three. Uh, Randy Moss was twenty nine percent. Marvin Harrison was thirty one percent. Interesting. Not even close. Now yeah. you want to know who's fifty three percent? 53% of their career games they've started that they've had 100 yards or more. Are they playing for Atlanta right now? Yes, you're right. They are. Calvin Ridley. His name's Calvin Ridley. His name is Calvin Ridley. 53%. He's doing better. I'm going to go on a little rant here. I know I've been talking a while about the Falcons, guys, but you just need to listen because if you didn't buy Calvin Ridley like I did this offseason, even if I didn't already have him drafted because I have him in a lot of leagues, you're going to regret this. You're going to regret this for a lot. You know why? Because he played seven games last year without Julio Jones. Um, so because Julio played nine in those seven games, 50 catches, 79 uh, targets, 765 yards, only three touchdowns. He had the Julio syndrome. I was kind of surprised to see that. I know a lot of us were, but Keenan, do you know how many of those, how many of those seven games did he have five, a hundred yards or more? 75 you said, right? He played how many, how many games he played in seven games without Julio? Last year, hundred or hundred percent. So Ooh, I love the respect, but it was five also, out of seven. Uh, I knew I knew it was up there because yeah. you were because yeah, uh, <laughs> I was loving it. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll move a little quicker. I'm sorry, everybody, but these facts. It's just it's just tough to it's tough to say no. This is why he is my dynasty wide receiver one. And I, I, I can't go against it. I can't refute it. I projected his stats, and I keep adjusting them, and I just I can't change them. Um, but if you stat out those seven games out to a 16, now 17-game season, 187 targets, 119 catches, 1,853 yards, and eight touchdowns, that would have been wide receiver two last year behind Devontae Adams. Now, even more so, amazing. What do you have, like a – like a diary of you, dude. You don't even want to know. I got pages on pages on pages to be flipped, dude. It's about everything. Julio Jones has received nine plus targets, eighty games out of his hundred thirty-five career games. So I say nine plus targets because on a seventeen-game pace, that puts you at one hundred and fifty-three now in this day and age, which will put you up near the top five in targets. Following me, I'm following. You're following me. So sixty percent of his games, he gets at least nine plus targets. Ironically, Kelvin Ridley has had 17 games where he has had nine-plus targets in his career. Those stats, 185 targets, 117 catches, 1,735 yards, and 12 touchdowns. He'd have been wide receiver one last year if that was the case. I know I'm singling things out and kind of uh, commingling a bunch of stats, but the crazy thing was that was his nine-plus target game stats. 
didn't those sound extremely familiar to his 17 game pace in the games without Julio Jones on those other states I gave you? Yeah, but I I, I have one question. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, Julio Jones is out, but they just drafted probably one of the best tight end prospects to come into the NFL ever. Some of those catches are going. To, some some of those catches are going to Pitts. They're not just going to Calvin Ridley. Oh, they are. They are 100% going to go to Pitts. But the problem is, well, I don't want to say the problem, but do you want to know that the, – so the best season that's ever happened from a tight end, a rookie tight end, because that's the big argument everybody's having against Kyle Pitts. He can't do it. Don't believe the hype. He's a rookie. You know, they don't they don't assimilate well to the NFL. It's like, guys, he got drafted as the highest tight end ever. Tight end rookie – you know, highest tight end ever. He's going into an offense that just gave up their best player in team history. They could have drafted their backup quarterback for the future. They could have protected him on the offensive line that is just absolutely horrible. They did none of that. You know what they did? They drafted their tight end, who they're going to put in their tight end, and they're going to put in their wide receiver spot. Now, the yeah, most I targets say, to – I was going to say, he's not just going to play a tight end. He's definitely going to play all over all over field. It's, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be everywhere. Like the guy's got a bigger wingspan than Kelvin Johnson. So are we? Did talk, you know that? Are we talking about you loving Kelvin Ridley or Pitts right now? Because you got me. So all... this is the problem. This is my problem. I love them both so much that I don't know what to do in Dynasty because I love them both so much. But this is what I'm explaining to you why I'm not crazy. Jeremy Shockey, 128 targets. Evan Ingram, 115 targets. I'm not going to count Mike Ditka back in the 60s because he had an amazing year in 14 games. He's but, not. He's not. He's not. Yeah, it's, no, just, it's just it's a different. Yeah, it's, it's not, a different conversation. Yeah. But my point is, Evan Ingram is second with 115 targets. Why can't why explain to me why if Evan Ingram's able to get that, why is Pitts, who's put in that position, not able to do that? You know what I'm saying? So, so this this answers my question from an earlier conversation that we had about our trade offer. So you are drafting Pitts now. So I'm going to keep going now. Yeah, that's now, what I thought. <laughs> what, what, now, with that being said, Jeremy Shockey, when he had 128 targets, he had 74 catches, 894 yards, and two touchdowns with 12.1 yard per catch. Not that great, right, for 128 targets? You, you know, Pitts is going to be smashing probably 12 yards per catch easily. So my current projection for Kyle Pitts, because I have Matt Ryan throwing actually – just about his career average in attempts. So as I mentioned, Arthur Smith's his first offensive-minded head coach. I don't really have him throwing a crazy amount more, but I currently have Pitts for 122 targets, 83 catches, 1,009 yards, and nine touchdowns. Wow. Wow. So yeah, you're going to be targeting him in redraft leagues too then. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think he's going to get 1,000 yards. I think he's a candidate for 10 touchdowns. I think he's a candidate for 120-plus targets. Do you want to know, and I, and I won't bore you guys even more so, I think I have to write an article with the amount of research I did on this. But um, Eric, so, hasn't, poor Eric hasn't said anything in, in 10 minutes. <laughs> guys, I got so much on here. Uh, and also, to be a top five I thought I was end, reading an audio or he, listening to an audio book. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, Calvin right? Ridley you know? and Pitt and in the Atlanta offense. I just I think his floor is, is tight end six. Like, I think his floor is tight end six. I really do. What's well, the ceiling? So, so the ceiling, so I actually put that. I think the ceiling is wide receiver two or three comparable. Or I'm sorry, tight end two or three. I think his ceiling's there. I think it could be one. Honestly, it could be one. He just needs to see 140 targets. 
But I said 120 targets for 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. I might draft Pitts now first overall in our league. You might have to. And this might make you draft it even more. Do you want to know how many times Matt Ryan? So Matt Ryan has played 13 seasons. Do you want to know how many of those seasons a tight end was targeted in his top three out of all of out of combined combination of wide receivers, running backs, tight ends? How many seasons a tight end was targeted top three on his team? On what team? Atlanta. On Atlanta, yeah. When no, with Matt Ryan as the quarterback, so he was drafted in 08, so he's had 13 years. How many of those seasons do you think a tight end has been top three in targets on the team? I'm going to say a lot. <laughs> Nine. That's right. Nine. Great guess. That's a great answer because that's the right answer. Nine times. Do you want to know? It was Tony Gonzalez, a lot of them. Do you want to know how many in from 2009 to 2013? He's the I best can't forget he had Tony Gonzalez. Hey, but that's the ever. point. Kyle Pitts is one of the best prospects in history, and he's being put in a great position. But the point is he threw to the tight ends. Tony Gonzalez in five seasons, 09 to 13, averaged 121 targets. 121 targets. And in the last three years, Austin Hooper had 97 targets. Hayden Hurst had 88 targets. I mean, I don't understand why if Hayden Hurst can get 88 and Austin Hooper can get 93, why the hell I can't sit here and say Kyle, Kyle Pitts can get 120. So, and that's with Calvin Ridley getting 180 targets. All right. Well, I mean, you're not trying to – I mean, you're not convincing us. I, I have to I, write I, I, Welcome to my TED Talk. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. and I don't think Eric is either. And, and a bigger reason I have to say this too is more information that I did was the average top five tight ends had about a 65% catch rate. Is this what you did on vacation? It was. It's been a combination of times. So the top five tight ends had an average of sixty-five percent, and you have to have at least ninety-five targets to make it in the top five. If you're not getting at least ninety-five targets, historically you're not there. Robert Tunyon's the only one who did that, which was last season, and it's because he had like forty-three touchdowns, um, and it was only on fifty-nine targets. But yeah, so if I just give him sixty-five percent catch rate, and I give him one hundred and twenty targets. I mean that that's where you're putting him at near a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. I mean, they gotta go somewhere with Matt Ryan, right? All right. Yeah. But now here's my question with with like dynasty related. They're gonna move on from Matt Ryan eventually. Yeah, I think uh I, I'm not worried about it at this moment because I think Matt Ryan's got at least three years of being good or above average. And I know a lot of people are gonna sit here and tell me Matt Ryan hasn't been um, average even maybe the last couple of years, but they have a crappy defense. They're going to throw the ball a lot and he's going to probably put all those targets to much two or three people. So I don't really care what the deal is. They're going to get fantasy points. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. I'm going to take some water. Um, I hope everyone let's... enjoyed the Atlanta Falcons uh, 20 minute segment there. Thank you, Antonio. Yeah. I'll have to make sure I tell everybody if they don't want to hear about it, just to fast forward about 10 minutes, <laughs> put that in the description. <laughs> all, right, so. um, all right. So we're here to the main show. We're going to talk about our ADPs first. Why don't you make sure you're following us on Twitter or unfollow me after that segment if you really would like to, at Antonio Denisi FF. Uh, you could follow Keenan at Keenan underscore 716. You could follow me at Big E, or you could follow Eric at Big E underscore FF. <laughs> you going to uh, change you your handle the, to uh, at Antonio uh, Denisi Atlanta Falcons FF? Yeah, ATL. Uh, the FF stands for uh, First Falcon. 
Um, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, make sure to follow the pod at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Uh, if you're following us or watching us on YouTube, uh, make sure to click that little subscribe button. If you're not, hit the bell. You'll be able to see us every time we come on. They're long. They're uh, long gone. They're long they're gone. Long, they left. They're long gone. <laughs> you know what? We wanted to talk today. We said we wanted to talk. I mean, I, if they're Atlanta Falcon fans, they're still here. They're still listening. They're, you don't have to be fucking fans. Just be Ridley fans, B.A.J. Brown fans, Julio, Pitts. I mean, if you're any of those, it's good for all the above. Yeah, I got to talk about Mike Davis, though, one of these days, man. Like, I'm scared. My my projections of Mike Davis let's, are way too high. Let's hold off on Mike Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. All right. So uh, we, we were going to talk ADP today, as we've been doing a little bit. But uh, like I said earlier, the June DLF ADP came out. So we're going to give a couple undervalue and overvalue players of ours. Eric, I'm going to let you speak while I go grab myself some water. Yeah. Um, so which I'll just start with my undervalued. Um, so my first one, which I don't think is any surprise, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I thought it was pretty crazy. He's going for it at, right now at wide receiver 30. Uh, I know everyone's worried that he re-signed with – uh, Pittsburgh, but even last year in this same exact offense, without a good running game, he he finished wide receiver eighteen. Um, and at his age, he's only twenty four years old. Like I, I'm very surprised um, that he's going this low, especially in dynasty leagues. Um, but yeah, he he he's my uh, my first undervalue. I think he's he's going to put up a similar year. He's probably going to be top twenty, at least top twenty five. Um, so just that alone, this, this season alone, he's going to beat that value. Um, and then next year, I, I don't, I mean, maybe he re-signs with, with Pittsburgh. Um, maybe not. We'll see what happens. Um, I mean, you know, maybe he decides to take money, you know, if big Ben retires, yeah, you will see how that turns out. But, but yeah, I think he's a screaming value right now and I'm buying him up everywhere. Yeah, I, I I think if he has a great year this year, some te- some team is definitely going to pay pay up and uh, snag him. I, Last I off him. season, people yeah. were literally talking about him potentially being the wide receiver one overall. Yeah, if uh, if and, he if he if he signed a multi year deal in Pittsburgh, I'd probably be like, uh, I don't, I don't want him because the quarterback situation is a little iffy. But one year deal, um, let's get that. Uh, let's let. You know, let's get that one year out of the way, and let's see uh, if he goes somewhere else, and uh, or if he stays in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh gets a better quarterback. Yeah, that's right. I agree with all that. Um, I'm a big fan of Juju's bounce back. I know they took that one year deal, so he can go, you know, get paid well, somewhere else. Well, let me let me uh, tie in my um, overvalue on this one um, since we're talking about. Oh Juju. yeah, go for it. Yeah, I got D- Devontae Johnson here. Um, wide they, wide receiver twenty. <laughs> Deontay Johnson, I'm, excuse me, and I mean, come on, Juju Smith Schuster resigns there, and they still have Claypool there, and they just strapped another running back, uh, Najee Harris. So that there's gonna, who's gonna get the ball here? Um, are they gonna run the ball? Are they gonna, or how are they gonna, you know, split split the um, the throws between those three top wide receivers there? Um, so I and he has drop issues. So when I saw he was at a wide receiver 20, I'm like, huh, that's a little high for me, and I'm definitely going to stay away from him, especially with Juju coming back. If Juju did not resign there at wide receiver 20, it'd be totally fine. You know, Deontay, yeah, I know I know everybody's worried. I know we're worried about his drops, but at the same point, he was like 
like fifth or sixth in targets, I think, like the last half of the season. Uh, and, you know, throwing the ball is because they're not too worried about the drops, right? So I feel like he's going to keep getting the ball. I actually like him. Um, I actually think he's undervalued at wide receiver 20, um, especially this being guy. young and he's going to get peppered. Well, I, I know, I mean, I this know they're going to, they're going to probably change the offense. They talked about changing the offense, but and I don't if know. Atlanta, I'm a little... if Atlanta trades for him. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> should I, uh, dude, that'd be great. Should I go with my other undervalued? Might as well. Yeah, you could talk about your other one. All right. Uh, yeah, he's. He's a bit high right now at wide receiver seven, but I still think he's undervalued, and it's my man, C.D. Lamb. Uh, you know, before Dak Prescott got injured last year, he was a top five wide receiver. Uh, you know, I think providing Dak stays healthy this year, it's going to be the same exact offense um, as it was in the beginning of the season last year. Yeah, I think he's going to go right back to being top five and being great. And then, you know, that's just for this year alone. And then you're talking about for the rest of his career and how young he is, he's going to Dak, you know, Dak's only 26 years old as well. So, you know, he just got signed to a long-term deal. Um, either Amari or Michael Gallup is going to be gone next season. I think right now is going to be the only time you can buy CD lamb after this season. He's going to be impossible to get. Yeah. I, uh, I traded for, um, Amari Cooper and, um, Antonio's league, and I'm kind of starting to regret it because uh, I think CD Lamb definitely eats away there. Well, you need Amari to be gone first, I think, before CD can officially eat away anything. Do you? Uh, think CD, CD, yeah, I don't CD know. Gets his I targets. Don't know. Like I Amari said before, Dak was hurt. CD was top five in fantasy. Yeah. So so was Amari. Yeah, but they were also thrown. They were also thrown at sixty times a freaking game because they were down by. But is four that going to change? I mean, I, I hope their defense got better because if you're down 40, 40 plus or 30 plus points, I'm over exaggerating with 40, you're not going to be throwing it as much. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it definitely the throws are definitely going to drop a little bit because I think they're going to be more competitive on the defensive side of the ball. But I think I but I'm also with you, Eric. I think CeeDee Lamb eventually takes over wide wide receiver one there in, in almost like Chicago in uh, Dallas. Yeah, I was just looking up here. The yeah, CD Lamb through the first five weeks was wide receiver eleven. Amari wide receiver sixteen. Uh, keeps showing up here as standard. So obviously PPR they'd be a little higher. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll talk about my undervalue at least, and it's Michael Thomas. And I think that we are just criminally disrespecting the guy who's been the best wide receiver in the league for the last couple of years. And the guy gets an ankle injury and he's 28 years old and everybody is like getting super worried about, oh man, Michael Thomas, we got to get rid of him. Oh, Drew Brees retired. We got to get rid of him. Do you know he's dealt with Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, Drew Brees? Like the guy's been all right, if even better than all right every single time. Like we can't forget that when he played in 2019, he had over 30 more catches and 330 yards than the second closest wide receiver. Like, we thought Devontae Adams had a great season this year, but we're just forgetting how great he was in 2019, Michael Thomas, that is. And, you know, in the four games that he played with Taysom Hill last season, he finishes wide receiver 15, but he had no touchdowns. So if you give the guy, you know, two touchdowns, for example, um, he would have been on pace for eight touchdowns, and he would have been wide receiver six. Debo Samuel was the only player, and he was at wide receiver 43 that didn't have a touchdown in that four-week span. So it really shows you how – spare that was with Michael Thomas 
but he's gotten 30% of the targets with Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston's going to come in and Jameis Winston's been able to provide us with multiple top five wide receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So I'm really excited for you. They're going to obviously use Jameis Winston is what I am seeing is going to happen. But even if it's Taysom Hill, wide receiver 12 is where Michael Thomas is right now. I would take I would take him at wide receiver six to be honest with you. Like I mean I, I think he's still fantastic. I would take him right behind Devontae Adams, uh, right in front of CeeDee Lamb. I would still take him Michael Thomas over CeeDee Lamb. I would still take Michael Thomas, um, not over Calvin Ridley, who's at eight, but he's not my eight, as you all heard. <laughs> or didn't hear just yet. Sorry for your future. But uh well now you're past if you're listening. So, anyways, yeah, I got Michael Thomas. Um I just think he's a massive undervalue. You need to go buy him up right now. People are so worried about his age, and he's got at least at least three or four years of great production left. Yeah, speaking of that, I that's a that's a great point about his age. I mean, wide receivers I think have a higher life lifespan than running backs. So the great ones they, yeah. they last, man. Everybody gets yeah. scared about twenty eight and twenty nine. It's like, dude, DeAndre I mean, Hopkins is twenty nine. Julio's thirty one, and he's still doing great. Like you, you can't be so worried about that. Travis Kelsey's thirty one, and we're still crowning him like he's the best tight end ever, which he's great. The number scares people away. I, I, I used to be like that. I used to be like twenty eight, and I'm like, all right, I'm done with this player. Let's move on. But now, running backs, yeah, I'm still like that. But with wide receivers, I mean, I just traded for Mike Evans today. Just he's twenty seven years old already. I'm not. I'm thinking in my head, I, I still have five good years out of him. Dude, yeah, good so example. Yeah. Mike Evans is getting written off everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just had 14 touchdowns last last year. And, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady was there. Tom Brady might have another year or two there. But, I mean, still, come on. I mean. You know, I, I know Mike Evans and, Tom, and Michael Thomas are different wide receivers, but Mike Evans doing great with, with Jameis just doesn't mean that Michael Thomas can't. You yeah. Know, even with I, Jason. But, yeah. Um, all right, so I think, Keenan, you've got one of your undervalues left, right? Or two. Or you talk about both? Two. I didn't talk about any of them. Um, my first undervalue is um, I talked about overvalue. Um, but my oh, first, yeah, there you go. My first undervalue is I mean, come on, this I know Antonio, you're not giving much respect on my boy here, Austin Eckler. I, you and I had some discussions about him, um, where you feel you're a little low on him, but I, I think a lot of people are a little low on him. I mean, 2019, he was running back four, and that was with Melvin Gordon in the backfield with him and splitting obviously splitting carries there. Last year, he had a hell of a start to the year where he, I mean, he dominated um, before he got injured. He, in the first three weeks of 2020, Eckler was on pace to blow his numbers out of the water from previous year. Um, he was the running back six through the first three games, 47, he rushed 47 times, 236 yards, a touchdown while catching 16 targets for 142 yards. Um, that was about 19, almost 20 points a game um, he was averaging before his hamstring injury. And I think I know everyone's all nervous. All they're going to start passing the ball um, more with with Herbert in the back in the backfield or in running that offense. But I mean, Eckler is a great um, running back, receiving running back. So I think people are underestimating him, and that's why I traded for him in two leagues this year. And I think I think people are. I think if if you can grab him, snag him. Um, bef- what is he at ADP right now? I'm sorry, I should have mentioned that. Oh, running back boy? eleven. He's, he's running back he's eleven. Receiver. Running, running back, back. Running back eleven. Yeah. So I think he should be going a lot higher than that. It, it, and my, well, and who did you put uh, in front of though? 
what, what do you that's mean? the problem like who would you put him in front of so he's right he's right I, behind antonio gibson i put so him how in, about this yeah. i put him in front of deandre swift um i'm sorry okay. i i can't trust the lions and a lot of reports where they want to tr- sign um who who was the running back that played for Orlando? Oh, todd Gurley. yeah todd Gurley. um antonio gibson same thing like just because he had a great rookie season i there's more Austin Eckler has put more on paper than than Gibson's one year. I, I talked about Derrick Henry, how he might get how, how it might hurt him. Um, I might put him above Derrick Henry. Um, Nick Chubb and Cam Akers, I don't know. Um, so, are you expecting him to have a like a top five twenty twenty one season? I am. I am. I really am. I, I think I think he's going to go right back into form before he got injured. I mean, he had a lot of catches last year. I mean, you're not wrong. He had over a thousand yards receiving, I believe, the year before that. So they definitely used the work. It's just it's a whole new coaching staff. Um, they do want to they do want to throw the ball. So I mean, you and could be I right. I just there there was a report where the offensive coordinators sees him as like a. I think I sent it to you, Antonio, and uh, sees him as like a Barry Sanders type of running back. So yeah, I don't know. I just I always look at Austin Eckler and I'm like, man, you just. I don't know why I just feel like they never have faith in him, so I can't have faith in him. And then Anthony Lynn finally did it, and then he got injured, and now Anthony Lynn's not there. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I wish the best of luck. I mean, I'm, you know, look at I his mean, game logs. He's had I at mean, least 20. Yeah. I mean, if they didn't have faith in him, they would have re-signed uh, Melvin Gordon a couple years ago. That's a good point. And now Melvin Gordon's about to get kicked out again somewhere. Yep. And so let's move on here. My my uh second um undervalued player is let me scroll here. DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver nine. I mean, yeah, it's not crazy, wide receiver nine, but I think I think he's a top five wide receiver. I, I mean, that offense they have Christian Kirk who hasn't panned out. They had, they just signed um AJ or who Green. They, Green, yeah. And he's getting up there in age. I mean, if Christian Kirk can't get it, get the catches, I don't think but I don't think Green's going to affect them that much. And they also signed Randall Moore. I mean, big deal. I think DeAndre Hopkins over the last – he's proven that he he's he can get 10-plus catches a game. He has gotten 10-plus targets a game, I mean. And I think that will continue. And I think that's going to continue with Calvin Murray, who's developed into a really good um, quarterback here in the NFL. And I don't see how he – is not just like Michael Thomas at twelve. I don't know how people are drafting, you know, a few wide receivers ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, you know, he had really he had a lower yards per catch than he usually gets. He had pretty similar targets than he usually has been getting. It's just the touchdowns that I, was only six. You know, that well, was just kind of depressing. Not what you were hoping to see out of DeAndre. I, well, but I think I think people fall in love with the age a lot here. I mean, you got Jefferson at twenty two. He's the wide receiver one, and then you have AJ Brown twenty four at wide receiver two. I think a lot of people and DK Metcalf at four at wide receiver three uh, or four. I'm sorry, he's at wide receiver four. He's twenty three years old, but I think a lot of people when they're drafting these wide receivers, I think they fall in love with the age, where they don't fall in love with the production that he's that both of these wide receivers, Thomas and um, Hopkins, have produced year in and year out. Yeah, I mean, looking at the top 10 last year, there's only two players that are younger than 26 years old. Yeah. And that was Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. You got Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, Tyler Lockett, 
Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, and Devontae Adams. They're all 26 or older. And here we are sitting preaching that, you know, 27, 28, 29-year-old wide receivers are too old. Well, you know, take a look because that's what's producing for you. Yeah. And all right. Well, speaking of old players, I'm going to go the exact opposite. I'm going to a rookie who is my undervalue, and that's Michael Carter, drafted for the New York Jets, currently going as running back 29. He was running back 33 in May, so it was good to see him go up a little bit. But to me, like you're getting a starting running back because in my eyes, there's nobody talented anywhere close to as talented as he is on that team. I'm not I'm not worried about uh P Ryan taking the job away from him. I'm not worried about Tevin Coleman coming in. He he's a stopgap, right? He's a player that's gonna probably take two weeks, three weeks uh in the beginning of the season of some time for Michael Carter to finally get through and, uh, and go into the offense because Tevin Coleman understands the offense coming from San Francisco where the new head coach so Robert Sala is. But right now he is going down right behind Chase Edmonds, right behind Miles Gaskin, behind James Robinson. Like I like give me all give me all the Michael Carter in the world over those players. He's going right behind Trey Sermon. You know, for me, I think he's got a lot a lot easier of a path to production. I think that the offense, as we were just talking about early in the episode, they are all forming around Zach Wilson. They are trying to make sure they are more offense than they are defense. So I think they're going to try and get everybody involved that they can. And Michael Carter is going to be the right guy, the guy behind it. They're going to be handing the ball off to that line's improving. Um, everybody's going to be coming back healthier. So I, I think that uh, I think it's going to be really nice for Michael Carter. I mean, even Kareem Hunt, I would take Michael Carter over. I mean, so. I don't know. I just I'm having a tough time not seeing Michael Carter being a top twenty running back year one. Yeah, I like, and then I like, from there, yeah, from I like there him. I don't know what's going to go up, man. I know you like Michael Carter. I, I have I been, dude. I've made. I, I'm having some some remorse here. Is I I have a few drafts I've done already, and I had the opportunity between Trey Sermon and Michael Carter. I picked Trey Sermon in every single one of them, and then Carter went and. And then you went to – yeah, I think you went up getting Carter and all of those. But I believe in Trey Sermon. I just – maybe I should hedge myself a little bit because I, I was really a big fan of Michael Carter coming out. I don't know why he went to round four, but, you know, COVID did a lot of things. Uh, all right, let's talk about some overvalue. Keenan, you talked about Deontay. Eric, you have one of your overvalues you want to talk about? Yeah, um, it's another um, another guy that's going up high right now. And that is DeAndre Swift. Um, And currently in startups, he's going eighth overall. Um, It's just for me that that, that's a bit much. Uh, You know, I I am a big fan of him, but I still worry about the offense as a whole um, and and what it's actually going to look like. Um, And just just guys that are going behind him, DK Metcalf, CD Lamb, Cam Makers, Tyreek Hill, you know, all those guys I would easily take ahead of him. Um, So... So yeah, I, I mean, just just in general, based off that and and value as a whole, I just I think that that's a bit too high for me. Um, I need to see more and see what this offense looks like before I spend that high of a pick on. So let me ask you this: You don't think that after Keenan's rant on Austin Eckler, that's how people maybe are looking at DeAndre Swift, just a bit way more well, way, way more athletic and elusive and younger. Like what? What worries you guys? Is it the fact that you know they are bringing other people in? Like, what if they run the ball four hundred times a game and he still sees two hundred twenty-five to two thirty of those? Well, we just talked. About, we just talked about trusting Eckler and and how the Chargers haven't really put a hundred percent faith in in Eckler. Um, have the Lions put any any 
trust in Swift. Last I think they year, put all the trust in Swift. I, I disagree. I mean, last year he after that one drop in the end. Yeah, zone, but it's gonna he, be it's gonna be a different offense. I just need to see more of what the offense is gonna look like with too, Jared Goff in there as well. They have they, they only have TJ Hawkinson, so I mean, there's gonna be stacked boxes most likely. Uh, I just the guys yeah. I named. Don't they? Didn't I'm they just, sign a I'm just taking ahead of him. What did you say, Keenan? Didn't they sign a wide receiver? Who, Detroit? Or, or, or they drafted a wide receiver. Let's see here. Detroit Lions. Well, they got a few. They got Quintus Cephas. They got um, Amonra St. Brown. That's what it was. Uh, they have Tyrell Williams. You know, nobody that's really bothering. TJ Hawkinson's could probably give me a number one. But also, I, I see World War Swift's at least third. And Jamal Williams kind of scares me there, that, that signing. And it's, it's no hate. So that, I guess that's the thing. It's not that I hate Swift. No, I know. I'm just playing a little advocate for you because, you know, he's right behind Chubb, right above Henry. I mean, but you're Cam not Akers, wrong. Cam Akers, Cam Akers I have above Swift just in my in my rankings in general. So um, in DK Metcalf, I, I would just easily take over him as well. I love DK Metcalf with his age. He has Russell Wilson what he showed last year. Um, CD Lamb, I already talked about CD Lamb, obviously. Um, and then you got Tyreek Hill. Um, and there was a few other guys. I, I, you know, I did just, I don't remember who offhand, but um, it's just he hasn't showed enough for me uh, to be ahead of these guys and be that high. And th- this, I was looking at Superflex as well. So he was going ahead of a few quarterbacks that I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just more of a value standpoint, and I just need to see more. All yeah. right, that's fair. You, that's um, I was going to say, if you wanted, we could move on because Eric kind of mentioned one of my players that I think is overvalued. Unless you want a final note here on Swift? I don't got anything. I'm good. Yeah. Well, you just mentioned loving DK Metcalf, Eric, and I am not a fan of his ADP at wide receiver four right now. Uh, it's kind of bothersome to me, and as much as I love DK Metcalf, I love the talent. You know, you love looking at the guy just in general. He's a chiseled masterpiece. But the problem that I think that I have is Russell Wilson, and you're hoping that they're going to let him unleash and let him cook like they did in the beginning of last year, but then they kind of rescinded all of that, and DK Metcalf was a direct benefactor. Tyler Lockett had 100 catches. Uh, in PPR, but he just had over a thousand yards, so he didn't really do too much. He finished top ten, just as Metcalf. But the scary thing with me is, in his first eight games, he had seven games with ninety-two yards or more. DK Metcalf topped that with eight touchdowns. You had a fantastic eight eight games. The problem was when everything reverted. That last eight games, he only had one game, two games, sorry, over ninety-two yards. So when you're sitting here relying on him after his monstrous first eight games really probably helped you to get six, seven wins. Now you're relying on him for the second half, and he only puts up four touchdowns, scores in just three games, and he isn't able to get you a lot of yards. And he's already that ultimate boomer bust guy, mostly booming. But when you're relying on Russell Wilson, and if that's not what they're going to do next season, even though they're saying that, they drafted Dwayne Eskridge, who's a slot guy. They talked about wanting to have some shorter shorter routes for them because that's all people knew how to do was uh, cover them down uh, deep. And they re-signed Chris Carson, so you know they're going to be a little bit dedicated to the run game. I'm just, I'm just, I'd rather have Stefan Diggs, who's right behind him. I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb, probably, than DK Metcalf right now. And I would definitely have Kelvin Ridley over DK Metcalf, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and even Jamar Chase, I'd rather have over DK Metcalf right now. 
So, so I love the guy. Would you, rather, would you rather have them right now or in a dynasty league? And in the dynasty, my apologies, but I'd rather, I mean, like I'd still rather have them right now than DK. So even next year, I'd be saying the same thing. Um, I just think uh, maybe I retract the Hopkins. I wouldn't have rather have Hopkins, but the other guys I would definitely still rather have than Metcalf, just because you you need the consistency out of Russell Wilson, and he's never even thrown the ball six hundred times in his career, not even five seventy five. So you you know you know he's going to get one hundred twenty or one hundred thirty targets. I just you have to rely on them. I feel like he's a Oh, like a combination of Deshaun Jackson and Randy Moss, you know, that's kind of really odd, but an ultimate boomer bust who really gets you a lot more boom than, than bust, but the bust can really hurt you. Um, okay. That's what I got for my overvalue. I'll go with my next one. Um, yeah, there you go. And that's Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious with, with Kenyon Drake going in there, you know, I'm, we're still seeing Jacobs going in the top of the fourth, late third and startups. And for me, that's just a bit high, you know, if Drake didn't go there, sure. I definitely see it. Um, there was a lot of potential, but I think them signing drink really showed that they, they don't believe in Jacobs long-term and they needed another body in there at the, in, you know, at the running back position. Um, and speaking of guys that are going behind them that I would, much rather have Javonta Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who was one of my undervalued. So um, it's just a bit too high. I wasn't a huge fan of him, you know, coming out of last season. And, yeah, I just – I don't know. It, that, that That's a bit too high, you know, especially in the third. I, you know, sure, if you want to go fourth. But, yeah, third round for him, I just can't do it. Yeah, it's been tough. I mean, I think they're probably going to run the rock a bit, but yeah, when they're, you know, they bring in some wide receivers, they're really pass heavy as far as to the tight end. Um, you're relying on Derek Carr to. Yeah, and you brought in Kenny Drake, who's, who's good at catching the ball too out of the backfield. Yeah, $11 million to pay him. And not only that, money. are they going to re sign Josh Jacobs too? After I, don't, this I, don't, season? I don't think they are. I really don't. The only way I could see them re signing is if Gruden's fired and they bring in a new coaching staff and GM in. Yeah, and that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably I mean, not going to happen. When you sign, well, I think Mike Mayock will be gone. He'll be taking the heat for all this, even though Gruden's really running the show. Yeah, he's running the show. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gruden's time was in the early two thousands. Don't know what he's doing <laughs> coaching anymore. <laughs> we'll see, dude. I guess so. There's rumors. There's, uh, you know, how Tom Brady came out and said, um, "I saw that." Did you catch that quote? Like of who, uh, you know, the, the that team decided to keep that, you know, expletive. I think, well, I, I think I think it was think Jimmy it was? G. Jimmy G. It's exactly who I thought there. So there were some people thinking it was Derek Carr with what the Raiders, it? and I'm like, so Tom Brady came out and said that uh, there was a team he wanted to sign with last off last off season, but they decided to stick with, um, you know that I think he like cursed at this person, but um, is there is there someone speculation? Could, is there someone we could watch the full interview? Because all I saw was like that little clip. Um, I, I think it was on HBO. I have to, or I'm not sure exactly. I have to double check where it was. But um, yeah, no, I definitely thought it was Jimmy G too. That was my first reaction. But then people were saying Oakland or Vegas, and then there was rumors he wanted to go to Vegas last year. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't. I don't. Why? Think, I mean, people want that. If you think about, it, you're going from New England to Vegas. How much more better offensively is New England to to Vegas? I mean, yeah, you have Weller and and you drafted a young rookie 
wide receiver, but other than that, you don't really have much. He was yeah, going no, no a, pass receiving backs. Yeah, you're you're going. He was going to a team, and and their offensive line is horrible. Oakland's. Um, actually, I don't know if they are. Uh, let's, let's no, not yeah, the line yeah. wasn't. It, yeah. No, they shipped people away. They were really good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they um, did ship, but, yeah that's right. But like, you're, he went to Tampa, where they have all these wide receivers, running backs, and San Francisco is pretty much the same thing if you think about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your next? Right. Uh... No, we can skip on. I wanted to talk about the mafia market. Well, let me talk about Judy here real quick. Okay. Yeah, he he's my other uh, overvalue. He's wide receiver 12, 25 here. Excuse me. Um, didn't really see much out of him last year. I mean, yeah, Drew Locke was his quarterback, but I mean, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are there this year. Don't really see much, you know, improving on that on that um, offense with with those two quarterbacks. But I mean, Sutton's coming back, guys. And last year, Sutton didn't play at all, and we were we were hoping we would see more out of Judy, and we really didn't. We saw we saw was I mean, he had fifty two catches and three touchdowns. But I mean, Sutton's coming back. Let me just say that again. Who had a great year the year before he got injured? So I I just don't think Judy at twenty five. I don't think there's value there until you figure out. I what. would. I would trade Jerry Judy for Juju Smith-Schuster right now. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I think I think what you're doing though is where you're drafting Judy is you're almost drafting him at his ceiling right now with that dynasty value. That's what's making making people uncomfortable uh, because I don't like I don't think he could be wide receiver 25 this year with the current situation. But I think if they were to get a better quarterback, but is that current situation going to get any better? That's that's. The thing. I mean, if they get Aaron Rodgers. I, I know that – or even Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's been rumors that both of them might have some interest, in, and they're very attractive. Great defense, great offense. That's literally the only thing they're missing. If they get either of those quarterbacks, I may rescind what I just said. It's July. It, it, it hasn't happened yet. It's not happening. I mean, we, we'll definitely talk some Aaron Rodgers more in the offseason. Especially Deshaun Watson. I just – I, I don't see – I don't see that – you know, John Elway's going to sit there and say Teddy Bridgewater is going to be my 2021 option. I mean, that's what he's going with at this very moment as of, you know, June 30th. But I have a very tough time believing two months from now that that's the case. Um, so it's with that being, I like Jerry Judy a lot still, though. The guy's a fantastic, amazing route runner. He had like the most air yards. I think he was like the most air yards the last six weeks of the whole season. Nothing. Like they, they targeted him. He he had some drops, yeah, but they still kept throwing the ball. Not um, this isn't nothing against him. It's it's what's I know. That's, yeah, that's it's, what it is. Opportunity is a big thing. Um, I actually just wanted to talk maybe about one or two trades because I know we got outhouse coming next week. I'm hoping to be a little active with some trades this week to get some more on there, but there's a few trades I'd really like to talk about there. But we were just talking about DK Metcalf. A big old trade just went down in one of our leagues. Um, so I was hoping maybe we could talk about that one. It was a 10-team PPR league. Uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey got moved. It only took a couple years. Uh, but CMC, Anthony McFarland, and the 2-4 for DK Metcalf, 110 and the 22 second. So I'll say that one more time. CMC, Anthony McFarland, who we could really just toss out. So CMC and 2-4. For DK Metcalf, one ten and a twenty-two second. I mean, if you, if you know more about the teams, you, I, I think you and I agreed. Just looking at the two teams, see it, the CMC um, team won the trade, but I think it's pretty even. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there is much 
to you know to give crap to either either owner. I think it's pretty even. If you didn't know what the other team had, let's see your current uh, your your tenth running back currently off the board is Rondale Moore. Your tenth rookie, sorry. So if you want to put Rondale Moore currently there, um, for me on the surface, like I don't know if that's enough value for CMC. But I mean, what more can you ask for though when you're getting? Uh, so Honestly, another player, another proven player. I mean, I just, I unfortunately, I just talked about DK, so that it maybe there is some recency bias with that right now. But, but like CMC is the overall startup player. He had thirty points a game last year. Back, back to my point though, that I made earlier, is CMC is coming off an injury. You're one bad year from not having value on him. I don't, but I don't know if that. I don't think that's the case. If that's I mean, the case, I want to find that owner. I'll take every owner and I'll get some CMC. But I oh, think I've been afraid. I mean, I've been trying to gauge offers you, for CMC. But we also know we also know what happens with running backs, especially running backs that have a lot of um, carries, a lot of workload, a, a big workload. They eventually they, they start do, slipping, and that's why but, I'm. And that's why I moved Zeke earlier in in the same league. Moved Zeke, um, and and a second next year for Mike Evans and a first next year. Um, I just, I running backs with a lot of workload. They, they start scaring me. Um, just like, just like Christian McCaffrey. I feel like Zeke is one bad year from having no value next year. And imagine if, imagine this. Now here, now that I'm talking about this, imagine this, that Zeke gets hurt. Tony Pollard steps in and has another great year. I don't Zika think I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't think Dallas is scared to move on from him. But Carolina drafted Chubba Hubba too. Chubba yeah. Hubba. Yeah, or Chubba <laughs> Why'd I say Chubba Hubba? <laughs> I mean, I thought you did it on purpose, but now that you didn't, it makes it a little bit worse. Yeah, but but, but. they did, but they did draft another running back and I mean <laughs> Chubba Herbert. <laughs> but it, um, you're, you're, you're right, though. I mean, like, yeah. if, if we've seen Pollard do it, if Pollard yeah. gets the opportunity and he succeeds, Shut yeah, why are you going to pay Zeke? But, I mean, I don't know, man. I think CMC is the ultimate. That's what came to my mind when I said it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Eric, what was your quick thoughts on that trade? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, um, no. I, I thought it was, the value was – it was fair. Um, I like. I agree with Keenan. Like, it, it, CMC could legitimately be one year away from having seriously less value. And He'll DK, be yeah, but he's twenty five and like one of the greatest. All right, seriously less value doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a seventh round pick. You know, from going from the first overall player to even the second round that's significantly less value. And somebody like DK Metcalf, in my opinion, his value is, it can't get any, it probably won't go any lower, especially with these older guys behind him getting even older next off season. I really don't see DK's value getting any lower, potentially getting higher. Maybe, maybe not at wide receiver four. You can't get much higher. So you can know. I, you, you, you can, can. But, I, but I just, I don't see it getting any lower from where it's at. Um, if anything, yeah. maybe five or six, and and I can yeah. see CMC getting much lower. And he gained the extra first round pick with the second next year. 
Um, I'm not really excited about mid-seconds this year anyways. So Anthony, I yeah, thought value-wise it was, it was, it was all right. Antonio loves his seconds. I was looking at the draft board. But God. for this year, I mean, this year, obviously, I want the CMC side. If I'm a championship team, I'm definitely yeah. taking the CMC But side. that's the thing. They, our listeners don't know the the two teams. And if I'm looking – if I'm looking at the two teams, I think if I me looking at the two teams, I think the CMC side won because what the other team has at running back, they gave up CMC. But if you're just looking at the two at the two trades, I think it's pretty fair. If you didn't, yeah, I mean he he dropped down. You know that person that traded that got CMC, they dropped down five spots in the draft. They go from one ten to two four, and then basically got they gave up decaf. DK Metcalf and a second. So I give mean, up Metcalf in a second, move down five spots, and you get CMC. I mean, just like just like me, um, I'm gonna regret trading Elliott. Just like just like uh, who, who traded CMC, I think they they might regret trading CMC next year too. So it's but, you're right. So but you're, you're a one year early than a one year late, and we saw yeah. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley hit a cliff hard. Exactly. Exactly. I know that that's a big that's a big excuse and a reason for right now, but I still believe in CMC. I got to try to scoop him up some places, but that I think is going to end the show. My contacts are really yelling at my eyes. So with that being said, uh, I think uh, we'll close it out. So make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at Antonio Denise FF and at Keaton underscore seven one six and Eric at Biggie underscore FF. Make sure you're following us uh, on Twitter as well at the Dynasty Mafia on the pod. Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Make sure if you are checking us out on YouTube, you like, share, subscribe. Uh, if you're not, make sure you got to try and do that so you can see Eric's good old mug there. Uh, but other than that, I hope uh, hope you guys had a great, great happy episode. Fourth. There was a happy lot of talking again. Yeah, happy 4th. Have a good weekend. I got my five-year anniversary coming up this week. You too. Me oh. too. Oh, man. June oh, 3rd. that's right. We did. We did. Yeah. June 3rd. Doesn't even yeah. know his damn anniversary. Or July 3rd. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, we got married. We got married a day apart. Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we know that? I, I mean, I knew that, but I, I'm also I thinking it's still Jill. I saw. Man, <laughs> that's true. Well, we aren't still. But all right, yeah. So we got a lot of exciting things next week. We got Dynasty Outhouse here, Russ Fisher, uh, on July 6th, Keenan. July 6th, Tuesday. Off the double check and see what I told you too. But I think we you should be fifth. good to go. I really, I really think you said the fifth. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Mafia out.